Let's go to the Bible and see what it says about globalism. That's a term we read and hear much about these days. What does it have to do with skyrocketing gas prices, crypto cratering, and and inflation rising rapidly? No conspiracy theories here. Even the World Economic Forum's predictions are seemingly coming to pass. The doomsday may be only a few years down the road, 2030. And by the way, that's that's a very interesting time frame. But do the Bible prophets have anything on timing indicators, even the so-called global elite that say are fast-tracking us to total collapse? Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. The prophet Daniel wouldn't have been even slightly familiar with the term globalism or globalization. 2,500 years ago, the flat earth theory was pretty much the conventional wisdom of the day. Come to think about it, there's still a few out there that uh, believe our terra firma is a level playing surface. But I digress. So did the prophets see something coming that it, in today's language we could call globalization? Certainly there's more than a little information in the Bible about mounting trends and events that, that one final generation will experience at the end of the age. World economic collapse, military confrontation, cultural unity wouldn't have been foreign to the Bible prophets. But as often as we see in Scripture, they wouldn't have had language to explain it either. These are things modern civilization wouldn't even consider a century ago, but have now come to light in just the last 40 to 50 years. Those of us who have had any kind of an introductory understanding of Bible prophecy understand from Scripture a man will emerge in the future who has a unique ability to bring peoples together. Revelation 13.3 says, All the world marveled and followed the beast. Now, I'd suggest that if you're not familiar with Revelation chapter 13, you carefully consider the language expressed there, that a man, a man, a, a, a physical man, will come on the scene from among a rather insignificant people group and, and quickly gain the world's attention, that authority will be given him over every tribe and tongue and nation, and that all, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. I suggest there are preliminary events occurring today leading to that forced global society, a worldwide interconnectedness of knowledge, products, media, economics, technology, religion, and unusual unity unhindered by national boundaries. And this most recently revealed man of sin we see in Revelation 13 will lead the way with lies, deception, and destruction leading to the return of the Lord. So this is important. If you're hanging on to the popular secular idea of today that new political leadership and insurmountable military and revision of a unique social justice structure will will somehow reverse this global course we're on, you'll not only be sadly disappointed, it could spell your doom. These are prophesied spiritual events. They are plans and promises being developed among principalities and powers of the air, thrones and authorities in the heavenly places. This is not a flesh and blood battle. It's a heavenly battle. Forces of evil that ultimately be dispersed and destroyed at the return of a Jewish Messiah before the globe actually implodes upon itself. 
Jesus himself said, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So when we see the prophetic signs of the times, the ones you know God wants us to see, it should bring to mind one word, urgency. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But if there's one thing that ignites some anxiety in my mind, it's the present lack of unpreparedness and the blatant ignorance of prophecy in the church world. But I have a growing confidence the fast-paced global events of today will do much more than just get people to the polls. That the Spirit of Grace is quickly encountering hearts and lives, impressing upon us the season we're in and the urgency needed to prepare the body of Christ for a, a global apocalyptic reformation that will lead to an unprecedented apocalyptic evangelism, inducing godly men and women to prayer, action, and intercession in the local church, an end times ministry that will actually see persecution for the word's sake. So what did Daniel see in future world events that clearly point to a man coming onto the scene who most recently had been healed of a mortal wound? He was dead, miraculously healed, resurrected, but coming forth completely vacated of any semblance of the Spirit of God. We know him as the Antichrist. So let's read verses 1 through 4 of Daniel chapter 12. Verses 1 through 4. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. At what time? The soon coming end of the age. At that time. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who's found written in the book. That's the Old Testament righteous, folks. The remnant spared in Jacob's trouble, according to the election of grace. And many and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now listen to verse 4. This is important. I believe this is Daniel's take on globalization. Verse 4 of Daniel 12. But you, Daniel, the angel says, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Daniel learns from the angel that two particular things will happen at the end of the age, both related to globalization, travel, and knowledge. Not only will the final time of spirit-led revival spread rapidly throughout the world, but millions will scurry to their Bibles in this late season to gain knowledge of the prophetic promises of God. In short, the earth will see a dramatic increase in righteousness, as well as an unequal display of wickedness. The very two activities God promised in the garden when he, when he confronted the serpent back in Genesis 3.15, the mystery of iniquity and the mystery of the gospel, the end-time clash of those two great mysteries, both both will reach all-time highs 
at the end of this age. This is very significant scripture, so so important God would see to it. A New Testament writer, the Apostle John, would speak of this very same event in Revelation chapter 12. Easy to remember, Daniel 12, Revelation 12, significant prophecy. These are activities centered in the land of Israel that have global significance at every level. Globalization made possible by travel and knowledge, increasing, increasing in an extraordinary way. This prophecy of increased travel is noteworthy. It'll be obvious. People all over the earth moving throughout cities and nations, pandemics, shortages of essential goods and services, food, energy, financial markets collapsing. They're moving from one nation to another, from one city to another. This will be like no other time in history. My Lord, even present-day governments and media are beginning to recognize many of the prophetic events the Bible speaks of. They don't connect the dots very well and are far removed from the repentance God requires to navigate such a crisis. But then the Spirit moves from rapid travel, the travel of this coming time, to an extraordinary increase in knowledge. The way the angel words it to Daniel seems almost like an afterthought, and knowledge shall increase. Well, we could argue from the get-go that knowledge has always been on the rise, but I believe there's more behind this short phrase than what we think. I would argue this increased knowledge is parallel to activity in the angelic realm. Here's what I mean. How many of us, how many of us gave much thought or energy to the subject of the end times, say, oh, 25, 30 years ago? I know there have always been those who have been aware of the signs of the times, but I mean spending inordinate amounts of time on the subject. For so many, the end times were mostly a, a novel subject, bantered around with some church friends, no one too serious about the subject at hand. Well, I submit today, many inside and outside the church find the subject more than a passing fancy. Unless you've lived under a rock for the past 10, 20 years, it's abundantly clear something is going on. Maybe people are starting to look up more than they're looking down. You know, even Congress is fessing up to the possibility we may not be alone in the universe. The Internet. The Internet's bristling with a preponderance of discussion. YouTube has new videos going up daily on the subject. Seems just about everyone is talking about the time of the end. Lo and behold, even preachers are giving it a bit more airtime. You know, I believe if we look at the context in which Daniel receives this prophecy from the angel, it's the, the wrap-up of the most comprehensive revelation by God spaced over six chapters of Daniel, going all the way back to Daniel 7, from chapter 10, verse 11, all the way to chapter 12, verse 13, God provides Daniel with the most panoramic view of history in a continuous prophetic narrative. And near the end, the angel tells Daniel to seal this thing up because it pertains to the end. We know demons and the powers of the air are going to be dislodged from their place and confined to the earth, albeit briefly, three and a half years, the Great Tribulation. And God says that while humanity will be scurrying about the globe looking for peace and safety, 
believers. Believers who know their God will be rapidly increasing in knowledge, having Bible explanation for what's occurring, and spiritual answers in the context of apocalyptic evangelism and revival. In this final chapter of Daniel, the prophet is told Israel's mighty angel Michael removed Satan and his angels from the heavens. That, in turn, begins the Great Tribulation. That will lead to the resurrection of the righteous dead, the salvation of all Israel, and the return of the Lord. A time when many are running to and fro, a global recognition of the time of the end. And the information of this age, of this increased knowledge, will not be held in a vacuum. It'll be held right out there in plain sight. Let's pray. Lord, my God, how must we prepare for these soon coming days? Father, in your grace, we move with expedience to submit our lives before you in holy obedience, that the mark you placed on our lives, even before the foundation of the world, would have its divine outcome before your return. Father, prepare us for this time. While the world's dashing to and fro in fear, seeking answers in the chaos, I ask that you will increase your knowledge among your bride, that in the day of your return we may hear, Well done, good and faithful one. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I believe the Holy Spirit has more to say on this matter of preparedness and urgency. That's my mission to help take restraints off the body of Christ, to prepare the church for the rapid changes in the political, social, economic, and religious climate in the earth, to encourage an end-time crescendo of prayer and intercession in the local church. Now, in these days. Maranatha, beloved, I'm Bill Nordstrom.